0: The only way to do it is what feels like play to you should look like work to other people. And when you do it that way, long-term, you can't be beat. beat. beat.
1: Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Sagi and I am the host of this show. So today my guest is Tommy Griffith. The thing I love about Tommy is that in a way we both share similar stories. We're both startup industry dropouts. Tommy used to do SEO for PayPal and Airbnb. But in the meanwhile, he built a massive side project that at a point allowed him to quit his day job and do this full time. So now Tommy not only works on his side project, like back then side project, where now it's his full time thing, full time, but he also travels around the world. And so his thing is like, he runs an online digital marketing training program. And it's pretty cool. I talked to him a lot about that, about how he managed to quit his day job. And we also talked about SEO because it's a thing that I know almost nothing about. So as a busy entrepreneur, I always try to get better at this, um, but obviously it's hard. So we talked a bit about the tools and about how SEO is not the same anymore and and what it's like today. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Tommy. Let's get it going. Yo, 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 what's up creative entrepreneurs, Sagi here and welcome to the Creativepreneur Show, the podcast where digital creatives share their stories on how they've instilled greatness into their own lives and the lives of others. Where we discuss strategies for online businesses, personal branding, mindset, design, digital marketing, storytelling, high achievement, and so much more. Everything we need in order to build our influence, our brand and our businesses in order to build a life of impact so coming at us from Honolulu, hawaii tommy griffith so dude like we have so much to talk about so just to anybody who's watching or listening to this right now tommy and i we've been talking for like half an hour now um and we're like okay we should start the show we should just like start recording <laughs> so i just clicked record and we're continuing the conversation so and the way I'm trying to do the shows, and as I told you, Tommy, like, I'm trying to do more, more of a conversation rather than an interview, just because I found it way more, I don't know, like, it's, it's, it's more fun for me and for the guests as well. I just came back from San Diego, I interviewed Pat Flynn, and we just sat down and we talked. And it was a great conversation, I think, It was one of the best episodes that I had, because I just, you know, it's, it feels way better. And it's also kind of like an interview. Obviously I'm asking you about you and stuff like that. So the thing we want to talk about first is your story, man. Like we have a very similar story. Both of us Mm. are the tech startup scene and then quitting to do our day job side projects full time. So you worked two years at PayPal and then four years at Airbnb as an SEO manager. So can you tell us about your story? Like, you know, coming up with a side project while you're working at the tech uh, environment?
0: Yeah, sure. So, and just backing up a little bit, it, it's interesting too. you, your your format now, just like the more conversational stuff. I think it's like, I, I love that style. And I think it's, it speaks to the fact that people's like BS radar is so high now, right? Like the, yeah. the, the, the more produced, <laughs> like kind of fake stuff is, people just see through it now. And like the authenticity thing is way more fun, you know, yeah. so props really to you. Human. <laughs> Real humans, Right, right. Like,
1: right? i mean we're just we're just talking about like you know the conferences and stuff like that and just like networking and we both agreed but i'm just letting everybody know that you know everybody's listening But before that we were talking about like we love to be at conferences but just outside just like hanging out with people and i think everybody's like that and it's just fun to meet new people and talk and a podcast is a great way to do that right it's kind of like we're in a conference just like talking now so
0: Right, you were at a conference. You didn't go to any of the things. you just stayed in the hallway meeting people. I went to a conference and hung out at the parking lot outside of it, drinking beers. I was at the seven eleven meeting people, and we yeah. both loved it right It's like yeah. we're all trying to get more human, i think about about everything so right. um but yeah, sorry we keep get we keep getting distracted um yes yeah, so my, my, hey, my story started like a lot of of i know you're you're more of a designer, a lot of um a lot of digital. Uh, my story started the way a lot of digital marketer stories started, which is by reading uh, by reading the Four Hour Work Week. Are you familiar with that book, Tim Ferriss? Dude, it's
1: one of the things that made me leave my day job. So yeah, really, um, yeah,
0: yeah. So this is this is the trend, and and whenever I talk to internet marketers, um, I love to ask kind of how they got started, and it's always interesting because people's stories are so weird. Yeah. <laughs> People are. People have very strange sort of starting stories, but this book seems yeah. to be the reoccurring theme in a lot of people's stories, you know? Right. And so, yeah, so I, I graduated um, in 2008. I was studying finance. The banks were crashing. The economy was crashing. I thought I was going to go to New York and work at a bank, and, and there were no jobs. And so um, I, I decided to go travel, to teach English and go travel while, while the world was getting lit on fire and crashing <laughs> and, uh, and read this book, yeah, for a work week. Which, for the the uninitiated, it's probably a little dated now, but uh, I think the the general principles are are still yeah. Still I mean, on,
1: right? yeah, definitely. I think it's still yeah. relevant anyway.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's some things that I wouldn't like. For example, Tim. Fer- for yeah, for, for anyone listening, it's it's a book called The Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and it was basically the catalyst for a lot of people to create remote businesses, so yeah. traveling and working, having remote employees, that kind of stuff. But yeah so that's I read that book, and one of the things he um, he sort of recommends doing is creating an informational product. He says it's physical products are kind of easy to copy, but if you have a specific knowledge or unique skill it's a little bit more difficult to copy that right i I had this very bizarre story in in college where my, a bunch of friends of mine and I started a fraternity i don't know if you're familiar with these yeah, in sure. Israel, but yeah like it's a, it's a very obnoxious. American sort of thing, and uh, it started as a joke. And by the time I left university, there was a hundred guys in it. And so um, I read Four Hour Workweek. I checked the Google Keyword Planner tool for search volume, and it turns out like 1,500 people a month were searching for how to start a fraternity. Hmm. So I, I ended up writing this incredibly dorky ebook that taught like 18 year old. I was a 22 year old teaching 18 year old kids how to start a fraternity. Right? It was just like extremely obnoxious it's like Russell um, Brunson with the potato guns <laughs> exactly someone actually mentioned that to me after I did it he's like have you heard of this this <laughs> guy Russell Brunson and we had like all you how to start a fraternity how to create a potato yeah. gun is like the exact same sort of starting story got really into um, SEO from there ended up starting a business with a friend of mine based on internet marketing And I was in a weird situation. I was very lucky. I was very blessed. My parents paid for my university. I graduated university without a debt. But I started this business with a friend of mine, and I put myself into debt. So borrowed a bunch of money, just did it so wrong, failed miserably. um, Spent a year on this startup idea and and burned through all of our money, and came home.
1: Like that? Was it like where where were you living back? in the days so
0: so we started a uh we got into the medical tourism space and we were doing it from taiwan oh okay. Uh, yeah it was a very weird (laughs) very specific business we were we were in taipei taiwan Uh focusing on americans age 45 to 65 that were interested in knee and hip replacement surgery in taiwan (laughs) and you you traveled to taiwan to start the business there Yeah. So I had, I was an English teacher in Japan um, and we had been, my buddy came to visit me and we went traveling around and we accidentally ended up in Taiwan, like on a layover. So the traveling
1: already started back then. Your travel bug started way long ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A long time ago. Yep. Um, And yeah, I just gotten into SEO. I got my ebook ranking really high and the basic idea was like, okay, healthcare, it was kind of, Uh, healthcare costs are really high. People are sitting around Googling like knee replacement costs and knee replacement alternatives. And so we were like basically going for all these keywords from an internet marketing perspective. The only upside was I learned internet marketing. I spent a year, I learned SEO, I learned SEM. um, But every other possible thing I could have done wrong, I I did wrong. (laughs) And the moment I knew I'd messed up. I was cause I was in Asia, but working like U.S. hours, mm-hmm. and I was on Skype at two in the morning, in my underwear, <laughs> talking to this older woman from Illinois about the possible implications of her husband getting deep vein thrombosis, like some very particular type of uh-huh. like after surgery effect from these surgeries and I was just like I am in so far over my head right now I Uh don't know what I'm doing I'm 22 we have to shut this down and so it was it was was a brutal moment I I I gave it a shot but but I failed I came home with my my tail between my legs and, uh, and and was pretty miserable about all that
1: yeah I mean I guess like you know now you know that you shouldn't have been miserable about that right it's all about the mindset because you learned everything every hard moment that we've experienced is actually like what evolved us to our next part of ourselves but so after that how do you get into paypal and airbnb as as an seo person
0: yeah um and you're right it's always it's so brutal in the moment and then as you as you grow up you're like wow i think it it actually had to happen exactly that way for me to get to where (laughs) it's where i am you know um but yeah, that that's sort of how it happened. I was absolutely miserable, literally asked my dad for a $400 bailout to buy a one-way ticket back home and, and was just like, hey, guys, remember me, your oldest son? Like, is there any space on the couch? You know what I mean? And just was like, I think the, one of the greatest motivators in the world is being miserable and in debt because it just like lit a fire under me so hard. Um yeah. And it's really scary when you when you borrow money and you're dumb about it like I was, and you're not realizing that it's not your money. <laughs> that it, is. so. Um,
1: really? <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. I was at age 34. So or 33 back then. Yeah.
0: So Yeah. So 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 you get it as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was ruthlessly applying and I and I just got lucky. It was right place, right time at the time, PayPal was looking to hire someone who um, could manage SEO for international international markets, kind of non-English speaking mm-hmm. sites. And it was one of those things, big companies do this all the time. They hire for a specific role and then your role changes immediately, like within a week of, of getting there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so they, they hired me specifically to fix like non-English speaking markets. And then when I got there, there was actually no one managing SEO at all. There was no one, no <laughs> one managing it. And so it was just right place, right time. I had done yeah. this dumb startup idea with a friend of mine. And then all of a sudden I was managing SEO at at paypal which i was 24 years old and it was one of the biggest websites in the world which is kind of crazy so it's awesome yeah
1: nice and then like two years later jumped from paypal to airbnb moved to san francisco
0: yeah so paypal's in in san jose which is near san francisco um so i was in san francisco the whole time and what started, yeah, what started the side project was actually this debt, um, which is why I, I brought it up. The the debt I had was really eating away at me, because especially because it wasn't a bank, it was family and friends, right? And like, yeah. um, So I wanted a way to to pay it off, and. Um, ClickMinded, which is my now business, was, was that. So Click-minded, um, is a na- ClickMinded now is a digital marketing training course. We have seven different courses and we teach marketers and entrepreneurs digital marketing. Nice. But it started as an SEO course. My, my boss had asked me to, to teach a few people in marketing and PayPal SEO. And I did a physical in-person class. Mm-hmm. And I got really good feedback on it. That, that it was helpful and it was useful and that I made a technical, hard-to-understand thing interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, That ended up turning into physically teaching it on the side in San Francisco. So yeah. I would go into a co-working space on a Saturday and have one to five people, startups and entrepreneurs and marketers would come in and we would just kind of nerd out on search engines, like all-you-can SEO, yeah. nine-to-five, just dorking out on like H1 tags and title tag and, and things like that. Cool. That actual business was terrible. It, it, was not, it was not a good business, but I really enjoyed it. I really liked it a lot. I love search engine optimization. I, like, I love to teach. So I really enjoyed the business, but the actual economics of it were really dumb. They still, <laughs> I, I could not figure out how to make it work it ended up just being the right place, right time. Again, we're, we're mm-hmm. kind of in this online course renaissance right now. It's really right. easy to make an right. online course. I mean, there's plenty of people making five and six and seven figure businesses around online courses. Mm-hmm. But in 2012, it was not that way. It was not that easy. And there, it wasn't as uh, prolific as it is now. Udemy at the time was really starting to take off. And so are, are you familiar with, with Udemy? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so this offline course I was doing, it was just kind of right place, right time for right. Udemy. My first course was on Udemy. I, I filmed basically this physical course I was teaching in person and then it, it took off from there. Um, I nice. continued to work on it while at PayPal and then while at Airbnb and continued to use it on my own teammates. And then two years ago, I left to go full-time on it.
1: Nice. So it's like something you grew, which is an online course first platform, kind of like, because most people, what they do, they, they launch like a community, a blog, content, and then from there, they launch online courses for, you know, for their communities. But what you did in a way, you already started
0: with the course, right? That's right. Yep. Started with the course. And, and actually one, one sort of thing that maybe you're, maybe anyone listening might, might get value out of, and I had no idea that this was valuable at the time, uh-huh. but in hindsight, I'm realizing it was helpful, was I started offline. And the whole premise of how I started was the inverse of what a lot of people do now, like exactly what you said. They have a community, they have blog right. posts, right? And then they switch to the online course and then yeah. they do their mega conference at the end of the year where they finally, <laughs> <Mega> <laughs> where they finally meet these people that they've been yeah. pulling from YouTube and their email lists and things like that, right? I, my actually first hundred users came from meetup, um, uh-huh. So I think meetup.com is one of the most underrated user acquisition strategies from like zero to a hundred. And one of the reasons why is because internet marketers never leave their basement. They they love (laughs) staying behind the laptop and doing anything they can. They'll do anything they can to send 10,000 emails, but they won't go out and have drinks with like 10 people, you know? Yeah, right. And so, yeah, so, uh, for it's still easy today. I think it costs $15 for three months to, to run a meetup group. And yeah, so I started the San Francisco SEO meetup, had a couple of meetups. Um, and it's a really, really fast way to bootstrap an email list. Uh-huh. So when you, when you start a new meetup group, meetup, will email anyone in the area that's interested right. in that topic yeah. and then you can kind of let that grow really quickly. Yeah. Um, I grew that meetup group. I was physically teaching classes in person and then. Um, And again, I had no idea this was the right way at the time. But what I realized is everyone who had SEO courses on Udemy at the time in 2012, it was exactly what I just described. They were in their basement. They were talking into their laptop over PowerPoint slides. And they were talking about like these very sort of technical things. Mm -hmm. I was physically teaching people, right? And so when you lay out a curriculum and you're teaching for eight hours and you see someone's expression and you see that you know they're not getting it or they you see that your your lecture sucks or you see that you they are getting it. you get that feedback really really fast right Right. and so I took the physical offline stuff and it it just compounded really quickly and I got feedback on it really quickly I put it online and it ended up being better than everything else that was that was out there so I got kind of lucky there
1: nice that's awesome and then so how do you do basically after that launch it to that list like I mean you and I know like it's you don't have to get too specific but like later on so you got and you launched this meetup group and then you started uh, building the community out of meetups and then from there you launched a course to that community i guess right so what did you just email them everybody hey i have a course now it's online or like how do you get people for the first batch in the course
0: yeah so this advice is is going to be very specific to that point in time uh, because I actually wouldn't recommend people start with Udemy anymore. Um, I think it's too teacher unfriendly now. Uh-huh. It's just not a good place yeah. to build a business, unfortunately. But um, yeah, if the, for the specifics, yeah, sure. So grew the meetup group, which was just the, the San Francisco SEO meetup. And so that was just people in the Bay Area interested in SEO. Yeah. And then the tactic to get them in person was... I would I would say, hey, I'm I'm teaching a physical in-person SEO course. Um, it's on this date. It's normally $500 per person, but for the first 20 people, it's free. Let hmm. me know if you'd like to show up. Um, and those people show up, you get really good feedback on it, and they would leave a couple of reviews on Yelp. I would ask for Yelp reviews at the end, uh-huh. and then okay. and then and then once I had um, continued to improve that product from there, that uh, launching on Udemy, I would sort of do the same tactic with that meetup group, which is email the people on meetup and say, hey, I have this, this the online version of the course we taught a few, a month ago is now on Udemy. It, we're we're pricing it at $200, but for the first 20 people, 30 people, 40 people, it's free. Yeah. The only thing I ask for um, in exchange is an honest review of of right. Got it. the course, right? Yeah. So those people rush into Udemy, the, the reviews all go up, and then the course is suddenly ranking on Udemy, right? So it's kind of yeah. the barnacle, in SEO, there's like a tactical barnacle SEO, right? Where you're trying to get your content on a different platform ranking in, in Google. So my course uh-huh. was on Udemy and then I would try to get the Udemy URL ranking in, in Google. Uh-huh. Um, Got it. That was the first, I think that was the first hundred users. Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
1: Nice. All right, cool. And then like from Udemy after that, you just uh, switch to, right? Like you, you switch to, like how did you make enough money to leave your day job basically? Like, or did you not have enough money when you left your day job?
0: yeah so um so my story is not at all the overnight success <laughs> Clickminded yeah. is now on year eight and that is not you could view you know i i've recently published a blog post where i, I publish all the revenue numbers and and all that yeah. um i'll share it in the show notes by the way okay cool great article. Um, yeah. yeah thanks and if you look at it now i mean the business if you just look at it at a snapshot in time, it looks like the business is doing great. But you could also argue that the business is really bad because I've spent eight years on it, and um, and so it took a very very long time. But yeah, so um, Clickminded ended up eclipsing my salary after the third year. So um, I was working on it, and it got to the six figure mark around year three, but I didn't leave until year um, five or six. So it had been higher than my salary for probably three years um, before I left. And yeah, a lot of people raise their eyebrows at this because the, you know, the, the, um, I was in a little bit of a different situation. Most people, they think, okay, everyone starting a side project hates their job. They're in the cubicle life. They have a long commute, (laughs) like they're miserable and they want to get out. And it really wasn't that way for me. I was just very lucky. Um, I felt unaccomplished at Airbnb and I wanted to do a lot more. Yeah. Um, the company was at this amazing time that I don't think could ever be replicated again. Like yeah. I've told other other people this before. The first week I joined Airbnb, we were subpoenaed by the state of New York for our data. And then the last week I left, I worked on a Super Bowl commercial and Beyonce was uh-huh. staying in an Airbnb, right? It was just like a uh-huh. kind of a wild uh-huh. time to to be there, you know? Yeah, yeah. My friends had never heard of it by the time I joined and by the time I left, everyone had heard of it. So it was just a yeah. hundred something employees when I joined and there were more than 2,000 by the time I left. And four years, yeah? Four years, yeah. 2,000 yeah.
1: employees. Oh my God, that's crazy growth. I'm telling you the story of me coming into similar web, 50 employees and then living two and a half years later with 350 employees, but that's nothing. Wow, like, 2,000 employees. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know the 15 to 300, that's on a growth basis that might be more right i don't know i can't do the math yeah, i don't know but <laughs> it's definitely no it's
1: definitely crazy <laughs> yeah. like 50 yes yeah. so now when you when you're looking back at this period i mean you you launched a profitable business while you were working your full-time job and i know a lot of people you know what i get from people i get from people like how do you do it saggy so do you even sleep and i'm like yeah I sleep well i know like you know and then like i tell them like if you want um, someone to perform a task for you, go for the busiest person in the room, you know, because the busiest people, right. The busiest people have the most time because they know how to make time. And we all have 24 hours in in a day, but how did you manage yours back when you had a full time job?
0: That is a great, you need to put that on a mug or a t-shirt or something like that. (laughs) That is a great, (laughs) I
1: I heard something very similar somewhere. So I'm like, I'm probably just like quoting someone I heard years ago, but it's just like, it's true. Like that's very true, right? It's like the busy, the busiest
0: people have the most time. It's just like that. It's very true. Yeah. So I have a lot of strong opinions on this. Um, and the reason why is because so click minded, yeah, it's working now. It's my full time job. We have a small team. We're really excited about it. Everything seems yeah. to be working. Um, but click minded was probably like idea number 15 for me. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I tried a lot of things. Yeah. Um, in order to get out of this debt hole I had created for myself. And one of the things, yeah, that back to that question of like, how do you, how do, you do it? You know, especially, I was working 50 to 60 hours a week at my employer. Um, as an example, I, I had a bunch of different ideas. And the way, the funniest way to test whether or not you're kind of neurotic and ADD about your, about your entrepreneurial ideas mm-hmm. is looking, going into your web hosting account and seeing how many unused domains you have,
1: right? <laughs> like, I guess a lot of
0: people can relate with that right now. Right, yeah. right. if you have a graveyard of unused domains like <laughs> I do, then, then right, this is the problem, right? You have like, you have kind of entrepreneurial ADD. Yeah. However, and ClickMinded really only started to work when I, when I- entrepreneurial you know, <laughs> ADD, yeah, that should, be,
1: that should be like a t-shirt. Like I got entrepreneurial ADD. And on right. the back, it should say, like, in 50 domains. Or right,
0: exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm going to, oh, I, I got to renew that 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 .us domain I bought last year. <laughs> I, I know I'm going to work on it this year, right? Like, that kind of, these kind of absurd. Oh, this is going to expire. Maybe I should renew and actually do something with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You pay the $12, and then you never think about it again until next year when you yeah. pay the $12 again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, okay, so as an example, I was trying a bunch of different ideas and ClickMind had really only started to work when I focused on it, but I wouldn't have found it if I wasn't also super ADD, right? So I was trying a bunch of things. So I think there's a balance there. Um, but, but as an example, yeah, I had this one idea. It was 2011 and I, I created an iPhone app lead generation site. So like iOS development was getting really big. Every company that didn't didn't have an iOS app really wanted one. They were trying to find freelancers and designers to create them. There was a bunch of search volume for it, which is Mm -hmm. how SEOs think. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to get this site ranking for iPhone app developer price and iPhone app development companies and like these kinds of things. And then maybe sell the leads, right? I created a site. I got it up. I got it ranking. It was generating traffic. It started to work and I just hated it. Like I, I, I just couldn't wake up on Saturday morning to go work on it. I had no interest in it. Um, it wasn't motivating to me. It was super boring, even though it started to work and it started to, to, to generate money. Right. And so back to that, this is a very long (laughs) answer to your question of like, how do you, how do you do it? How do you find the time? I Love SEO. I, I I played a lot of computer games as a kid, and I, I think what happened was I traded the computer games in my head for search engine optimization, like <laughs> watching, watching rankings and watching traffic. It was like my online multiplayer game instead. In yeah, you know? fact, exactly. <laughs> so, we trade
1: toy shops for Apple stores nowadays. Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think it's just some weird, um, weird kind of permutation of like me playing computer games as a kid is like my SEO stint, right? So I really love SEO. I really love to teach. And click-minded ended up being this thing where even if it wasn't working, I loved it. Yeah. And so when I, when I whenever anyone asked a question like, "How did you find the time?" it was just, it was a hobby, right. um, And it was something I really enjoyed doing. Yeah. Uh, no, not to get too preachy, but um, Naval Ravikant. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Um, he's a yeah. venture capitalist. He's like okay. very prolific guy on. On Twitter now and talks a lot about a lot of life. Oh, philosophy.
1: Naval! Yeah, 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 yeah. Na- yeah, Naval. Yeah, yeah. I love this guy. Like I listened to this um, interview with Joe Rogan, and um, right, and Incredible. then like I, I, the, the mega tweet storm that he has going on, right? Uh, pretty crazy. Incredible. Yeah, I'll put he, he, a link to that tweet storm. Actually. Yeah, yeah,
0: please. He's he's our he's a he's a living. Buddha, Jesus, Gandhi, yeah. <laughs> pick, your, pick your God, pick your God. He is, yeah. he is it. He's like the entrepreneurial yeah. Buddha, yeah. He really is. He's the guy, yeah. But he says, he, he sums it up so perfectly. He says, the only way to do it is uh, what feels like play to you should look like work to other people, right? Or maybe yeah. it's the inverse. What yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. to other people should feel like play to you. Yeah. And when you do it that way, long term, you can't be beat. Yeah. right if you're playing 16 hours a day and that's work for other people when you get to year two and three and four and five and six you're gonna win yeah um and so that's what it was with quick minded was people say how do you do it what it's because like even if there wasn't money involved i would probably be doing something similar and yeah. so that was the hack was it's in it there's very dorky um Kind of thing everyone always says is do what you love, and then you never feel like you're 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 working. But there's some truth to it. There really was, and so yeah, that's that's how I made it work for me. So I think like
1: you know the way I see it nowadays is like you know people are talking about like burnout, right? But you worked at like Airbnb. Everybody's like, what? Like I would love a job in Airbnb. Like, but you could have gotten burned out working at Airbnb, even if that side, even if you had no side project and you left work at like five thirty and like had played video games all day and could do whatever the F you want, Been had an amazing job with an amazing salary at Airbnb, you still might have gotten burned out. But now, like, you know, in hustle mode, full hustle mode, full-time job plus, and, you know, crazy online business, then you actually have more energy than most people in your office, right?
0: And you notice that, right? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. That's, I've never thought of it that way. That's an interesting... So have you had other have you talked to other people about this? Have you had other yeah, guests on the sure. show? What's, what's Yeah, yeah, the, what's no. The, I mean
1: like the 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 I think like the, the what I believe it right now is this people get burned out because they don't do what they love. People that mm-hmm. and and um the way I um there was one there's one entrepreneur, uh Grant Cardone. I don't know if you heard of Grant Cardone, probably have. Okay. Like a,
0: I don't actually no? know him.
1: No. Okay, so all right. Um, um Grant Cardone's like has a book called The 10x Rule you should definitely read that book. It's amazing. Like Everybody okay, here yeah. listening, just like read the book uh, if you haven't. So 10x rule, um, he talks about a principle called massive action. Massive action says, uh, it says a couple of things uh, in between is like anything you, anything we want to get done, we usually tend to underestimate how much time and money will take us and efforts to create, right? We, like any project, like it's like, how much, how long do you think this project will take? Uh, like two weeks and then it takes like two months, you know, like, Anything, like we use, right? So he talks about also about the principle about massive action is this. In order to launch anything, we need massive action. If anybody would have just like want to just work smart and like without hard work or like massive action, no, like everybody would be a millionaire by now. But nobody's a millionaire. Nobody's actually, like most people are not successful and not successful entrepreneurs. The only thing is this. We need to understand. When you look at the earth, it moves in massive action, rotating like spheres, like crazy, the earth moves be, you know, beneath us, like crazy, massive action. You look at ants, you look at nature. You look at you know, ants moving all the time, working, no freaking, no freaking stop, just like working. Like, and uh, if you look at kids, kids are always free they're running they're yelling they're screaming they're crying they're laughing they're like you know no like in between they're in massive action and they're full of energy all the time right except when they sleep you look at us and as we grow up society and like usually most of our environment is like don't work too hard man you know like stay safe like don't work too hard you might get burned out and like have disease and stuff like that that's why you know you get burned out then you have cancer or something like people are very scared that you that you will hurt yourself so they tell you you know take your pedal up the metal like you know take it easy don't like uh uh, don't put too much stress on yourself and i'm like fuck no now i know you know like (laughs) now i know massive fucking action like that's what we're that's what we're meant to do we're meant to operate at high level like you look at like um we look at amazing, you look at presidents, like these people are working massive action. Any successful entrepreneur, any successful even actors, models, like anything you want, like anybody, any successful, successful person, like they work at massive action um, and, and they take this principle and put it into work. So the only thing about massive action is this like it has to be aligned with your vision. With what you want to create in your life you have to be aligned so you loved seo it was your passion you said you traded video games like back then video games were were your passion that's why you could stay up late and play video games and now you you know your passion was seo and stuff like that so you could stay up late and do seo all day and and you love teaching you mix both of those together you're aligned with your vision and voila you know you can work a lot of hours and actually have more energy than people
0: in your office wow you're blowing my mind right now I think I think you're right, man. I think you're right about all this. Um, yeah, because that is look I think at your you're friends right. look at your friends yeah, who are not happy.
1: Just, that's right?
0: exactly what I'm thinking of is my, my my high school friends and college friends that that are miserable, and it's all yeah, it's a combination of, yeah. uh, of not doing what they want to work on, and yeah, get, getting burned out even though they're leaving the office at four. it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like burned out. I'm
1: feeling burned out. I can't do anything. Like you can't do any what? Like you, you know, and yeah, and people do get, they do get burned out and they do get sick because they're not aligned with their own life. They're not Mm. living their life to their full potential. That's why Mm. we get sick because we are conquerors inside. That's our nature. When we don't fulfill that nature, we get sick. Um, and obviously there's other stuff that make us sick, you know, and burnt out and stuff like that, like overwhelming stressed stuff like that. But, um, as entrepreneurs, we learn to deal with that. So basically I think Naval said it himself in the interview with Jorgon I think it was Naval that said it. He said, entrepreneurship is the initiation of, is, a, is, a, is the greatest initiation of, um, that a human can get or something like that. like Because it basically, it gets you through that, you know, the toughest part, like which makes you grow as a human being. Like mm. having a business, being a business owner is like definitely, like, you can't do that with a day job. You just can't get to a level of human being like that. You can fall, like, and uh, it connects to one less thing that I have in my mind with that, in regards to that, like, um, one, of, one quote that I heard never left my mind until I left my day job was, if you don't build your own dream, someone else will hire you to build theirs. <laughs> I
0: hundred so. percent believe that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's really <laughs> interesting. I've never, I've never thought of it that way, but you're right. Like, um, it's not that we, it's not that we have this finite energy of the day and like it gets depleted at 4 PM or 5 PM or 6 PM. It's that if you're working on what you love, you gotta hammer it as hard as you can, and you actually you end up getting more energy somehow. Yeah, it's like just never do, ending. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah, man. Like I, like today, I like I can even look at today. I woke up uh, six a.m. after going to sleep like pretty late last night because I was teaching. Today was a yesterday was hectic day. Today I woke up at six seven o'clock. I was already at Muay Thai practice. Um, then I had me, ten o'clock ten a.m. I already had um, the first phone call after. The, First phone call, then I ran to a meeting that I had in a different city with Elementor, like a CEO of Elementor, if you know WordPress and stuff like that. So mm-hmm, yeah, I yeah. met with this guy, met with another guy there um, who's like the head of um, uh, marketing in the Ben Penis. Um, and then after that, I went to, a, I had a webinar for a community that I'm mentoring right now. Straight after the webinar, ran like crazy to the parking lot, grabbed my car and went to the next meeting that I had. Um, and then from the meeting came back again like really running from the meeting to my car getting in driving home getting saying hello to my kids for like only 10 minutes running in this room having a mentorship call until the call with you and in between I booked the plane tickets to FlynnCon in two weeks so and and now like it's nine almost nine thirty p.m here in Israel I've been at it since 6 a.m and I'm freaking energized i'm good you know i'm like i'm really good so
0: wow damn you feel Going like... nuts yeah 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 i think you're right i think you're right i think it's way less to do with the actual output and way more to do with being aligned with what you want to do right yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah so that, that that's how it worked for me I, yeah. I i i loved my job at work i love my side project and i was able to make make both of them work that's awesome, man. That's truly great. So, congrats first of all on on that.
1: Can you tell us a bit about, like, basically tell us about ClickMinded and and the the actual course and what you teach?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like I said before, ClickMinded started as an SEO training course. So, um, yeah, in person, and then went to online, and then yeah. towards towards the end, um, it was what we used to onboard all of the data scientists and engineers and designers that joined my my team the seo team part of the growth team at airbnb um we used it there yeah i got to dog food it um on on my own colleagues
1: yeah and by the way like this is comes to show that it's something that i always say to other people like i if i have a side project will it collide with my day job no actually side projects that are aligned with what you do actually go hand in hand right and they actually help your day job
0: Exactly. And this is a concept. Um, this is a concept that I did. Again, I didn't realize this was happening at the time, but this was pointed out to me later. Yeah. Um, I just pulled up the definition here there's this uh, guy, Dan Andrews. Um, he's a friend of mine. He runs uh, this podcast called Tropical MBA and an entrepreneur group called Dynamite Circle, mm-hmm. and uh, which we were talking about before the show. Um, he coined this term, this very interesting term called exit velocity. And this is his definition of it. Exit velocity is the amount of professional and entrepreneurial momentum you have when quitting your job and starting a new venture. Momentum can come from a variety of sources, investment, capital, experience, anchor clients, industry knowledge, and connections, aka unfair advantage. So the idea was, and this this is why the iPhone app development lead gen site wouldn't have worked, right? Um, I was doing SEO at two major tech companies, doing it all day, and then going home and teaching it and then using the product to teach my colleagues as well. And so the way I, if if you're working at a job right now and you're in your cubicle and you're thinking about trying to escape, what a lot of people do is they make this mistake of going into something that's entirely different from what they're doing every day. And examples like, a lawyer, they go to law school, they work in a law firm for 20 years, and then they go sell like CrossFit jump ropes, right? Or something like that. And don't get me wrong, like, if you love CrossFit, and you love CrossFit jump ropes, I'm not saying don't go follow your passion. If you love it, go follow it. But they take a jump into something where they're just starting over entirely. Yeah. And the the brutal reality as we all know, is startups are hard, and most startups fail, right? Most business ideas fail. And so this idea of exit velocity is like, you think about the day you leave your job, and it's like, You have a cannon that's about you're about to shoot out of a cannon and exit velocity is like the amount of like leverage you can get on that cannon right (laughs) like how much you can get it pointing up right yeah so i was working on seo every day for four years at airbnb and then working on a training product for it and then using my credentials there to promote it and also using making having my colleagues work on it and got it to the point where it was more than my salary by the time i left Those are like massive advantages I can stack before pulling the trigger. So I think I was overly, I was incredibly cautious because my first business idea was so bad and I had, (laughs) I had, I had no connections, no knowledge, no unfair advantage at all. And I was a young, dumb 22 year old in an industry where I was in way over my head Yeah. And then the t- by the time I left, I had stacked the deck so far in my favor that I just gave myself, a- even though the first year was brutal and I made a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. I had so many advantages that it ended up correcting itself and-, and working. So it's one thing to think about for your audience, like that idea of exit velocity is find your unfair advantages before you leave and try and stack them in your favor. Yeah. Nice. I, I, it's a great term. It's a great, like, way to think about it. Like,
1: it's kind of like, you know, what's your superpower, use that, um, gain momentum, because it's all about momentum. Like, so when you leave, already have momentum, which is something that you pro- obviously want. Makes sense. And so, yeah. like, so I know, like, we don't have a lot of time. Uh, we got to finish soon, but I'm like, I'm wondering, like, because I want to talk to you about a couple things. Um, so how about I just tell you the topics and then you decide on what you want to shoot. <laughs> okay. Sound good? okay, cool. Yeah. Let's I, do that. yeah okay. That would be the most interesting for us. All right. So one thing is like getting into what you teach as click minded, right? Like digital marketing. Well, like what is specifically like, maybe hear a couple of tips about digital marketing stuff, like some ninja tricks. Although I got to say, I am considering um, right now offering you to do a webinar for the creativepreneur audience. Maybe we can do Ooh. like a, a joint webinar, right? That'd be cool. That'd be cool, like teach, like, because right now we only have like 10 minutes, like educating people here right now won't be like, you couldn't really get into details. But with a joint webinar, you definitely can. So maybe join webinar. So think about it for now. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I
0: like the I like the live offer by the way. Yeah. That's awesome. Like <laughs> yeah. On, on the <laughs> air offer put me on the spot. That's a great move. Definitely. <laughs> like we can always edit out stuff I guess, but Duh, Yeah, now leave it in. Leave yeah. it in. I accept your offer. I'm down. Yeah. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Cool. cool. Awesome. So
1: we won't talk right now about that, but I want to talk to you about um SEO process and getting your message out there for a second. I guess like you have such amazing um like track record with SEO, and um, I feel like that's one of my weak spots. That's also, I guess, anybody who doesn't know SEO's weak spot. And right now what I'm looking at is this. Like, for instance, I have a video on YouTube which I uh, recorded, I edited with my editor, I worked on it. It's freaking great. It's an awesome video, right? Now it's haven't, it hasn't been published yet for over two weeks. The reason is I'm just waiting to find the time to do some SEO research but the, the the truth of the matter is, I'm procrastinating on it like crazy because i really don't know. I really don't know if my method, if my workflow is right, and it's it's probably it's probably definitely not. But um, so, what would you recommend for a quick workflow, maybe for the busy entrepreneur?
0: Yeah. So uh, the quick the quick workflow, <laughs> I kind so, of like maybe
1: some magic yeah. tools that cost a lot of money, but still get the job done faster
0: or. Be, I wouldn't be able to confidently recommend any one specific tool. And I'll tell you why, because of the nature of SEO now. And just backing up a little bit, the, 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 the things I think that are worth thinking about when you think about search engine optimization now are a couple of things. The first is SEO is no longer Google on your desktop. A lot of people, for a long time, SEO is just Google and desktop. And there's, it, it, there's so many different variations of search engine optimization now. Of course, there's mobile, right? Which is massive and blowing up. There's so many businesses that rely on non-Google SEO, right? YouTube nice. SEO is the one you just sort of described, but there's a right. ton of others, right? There's now Pinterest SEO. There's Amazon SEO, right? Um, you know, there's eBay SEO. It depends on really your, your, your business right. and kind of what you're, what you're optimizing for. If you're an Airbnb host, there's Airbnb SEO, right? right. Um, SEO is the process of understanding how, modern search applications rank documents mm-hmm. and it, b- depending on your business you're going to be playing around with a bunch of different possible areas right and so yeah. um it's it, it's the idea a small local brick and mortar coffee shop might be only caring about yelp seo right yeah. uh, getting their getting their document ranking the highest for those particular terms so right. the first thing to remember is it's actually the, the the second thing to remember. The second thing to remember is what we just described, which is kind of the platform that you're optimizing for that's best yeah. on your business. The first thing to remember is your customer avatar. And this is the this is the stuff that no one does or if they do it they do it poorly or if they do it they half ass it and they do it they did it three years ago and they haven't revisited it. Yeah. And the basic idea is Everything you do in digital marketing flows from really comprehensive, thoughtful customer avatars. It is mm-hmm. the rule zero, and it's a really massive opportunity because everyone does it so poorly. So for example, ClickMinded, right? ClickMinded is a digital marketing training course for marketers and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have three possible customer avatars, um, entrepreneurs, in-house marketers at Fortune 500 companies, and uh, consultants slash agencies, right? Mm-hmm. We're considering a fourth um, mm-hmm. customer avatar now, which is bloggers, and uh, and and that's the basic idea. Is like we have those customer avatars, and everything we do, every every type of content we create has messaging for those individuals. Mm-hmm. From there, once you've established your customer avatars, you pick your platforms, right? So, yeah. um, if you're a coffee shop and you're you know and you know your customer avatars, or you're selling. Uh, vegan carrot cake, whatever it is, right? Like you start from there. So the reason why I highly recommend this is because, and no one does it. And the reason why they don't do it is because it doesn't feel like you're moving your business forward when you do it. We got on the phone with dozens of our customers and we have these brutally painful, long interviews with them. Why did you sign up? Why did you pay the price you paid? What problems are we solving? Tell me more. Okay, tell me more. And then they're done talking. Okay, tell me even more. Like, it's really, really tough. Uh, And it's, again, it's this offline thing that does really help. So um, I think establishing your customer avatars and then picking your platforms are are absolutely critical and they solve a lot of problems for you. From there, you get into tactics. And that's sort of what you were alluding to earlier, which is like, how do I, um, okay, I have this YouTube video I'm about to publish. How do I do it? And unfortunately, every single platform has different tactics. Google's by yeah. far the most complicated, and it kind of moves down from there, right? So, like the total number of ranking signals are the highest in Google. And they're going to be lower on um, YouTube, Pinterest, Airbnb. There's sort of a smaller, smaller universe of things to worry about on non Google, non Google platforms. So, sorry, I don't have. I mean, yeah. We could talk about YouTube SEO if you want, but like every okay. single one is going to be, a, could be a whole podcast in and in and of itself. Got
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like, it's just more than just like knowing that, but, but really like right now, for instance, I have a YouTube video. I need to get it out. Like when you have content like that, do you do preliminary research? You probably do. Like, I guess, um, and once I know, obviously once I know my avatar, by the way, I just launched, like the previous episode, um, that was, that was launched last week as of this recording was... Uh, with Jun Han, and we we're talking about like uh, creating avatars and stuff like that, and uh, creating like the persona. And uh, what I teach as well, coming from a UX background, you probably know that. And Airbnb, like I teach, like you know um, personas, and and then how to find the jobs to be done, the situation, the persona, and stuff like that. I really understand, and uh, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, knowing the platform for sure, like you got different SEO for different needs, and then then again, it it all comes down then to so, okay, so I know my persona, I know the platform, what, what do I, you know, do with my title if I created a video out of knowing what my, my persona needs and not out of just like, you know, researching YouTube for what is popular. I created something for the persona. So now it's like, how do I find the title and what do I write in the description in order to make it work? You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. Yeah. 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 So the, the, the next element of all that, once you have those, those two sorted, which most people mess up, um, yeah. is really, really comprehensive keyword research. Um, and I, I, I go, I overinvest in keyword research all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I'm doing this, there's a number of different tools out there that you can use. Uh, Google used to be the canonical tool that everyone uses a Google keyword planner. Unfortunately, that's no longer the case. Google's tool is not the best anymore. You have okay. to have a high, AdWords spend in order to get all the data that's not um, given as an average. Yeah, I really like, especially if you're entry level, I really like kwfinder.com. Um, this is all my right. favorite tool for, for search engine optimization. But the basic idea nice. is you'll use a third party tool and you do, we did this at PayPal and Airbnb and I do it on my business now. And I've, I've done it on a friend's small coffee shop that he was starting. Um, we do what's called total addressable market sizing, right? You take the Once you have your customer avatars, again, most important, you take the total universe of everything that they would conceivably search for, right? And you you work with this keyword research tool. You think about what they'd be Googling. You type it all in. It'll start giving you suggestions for other keywords. And you drop all of these into a Google Sheet or an Excel document. And you keep going and you keep doing this and you keep doing this. And when you think you're done and you think you're all out of steam and you have no more energy left, and your fingers are bleeding and your ears are bleeding and your eyes are bleeding, you keep going. You keep doing this <laughs> because people give up. People give up on this and you start to find the gold at the end of this, right? Yeah. And I really like to do a keyword research session that sets my entire content strategy for the year, right? Wow. So I'll take one day or a whole weekend yeah. and do the keyword research and you lay out it based- basically a business strategy. A lot of people don't understand this. What people are Googling Is a really proxy for demand and there's plenty of people you can go through the seo keyword research process not even do seo with it you can make business decisions based off of this right Uh right people are googling for i mean i mean hell google's google's figuring out they you can go to google trends now and google will tell you where the flu is about to outbreak based on symptoms people are typing in beforehand right so google's a really good proxy for demand and an indicator of what people want and an indicator yeah. of where, where the world is going so it's just it's a really good document to create yeah. for your content strategy and just as a total addressable market document you you if you go to McKinsey or deloitte or some of these clowns that have mbas from harvard they would charge you a hundred thousand dollars for this document and you can do it in a weekend by yourself i promise yeah.
1: you it's <laughs> awesome and also um have you heard about um the book choose by ryan Levesque and the ask method
0: uh, Ryan Levesque, I know, but I haven't read the book Choose, no.
1: So it, he actually, what his whole strategy is like find your business idea by basically a combination of uh, Google search, Google trends, and Amazon keyword research.
0: So, great. That's great. That, yeah. I did not know he wrote a book about that, but that is exactly how I do it. Yes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs>
1: okay. Nice. So, okay, cool. So basically what you're saying is like, you know, don't do SEO research for every single post that you create or any single video. What you have to do is do it up front and I like get the, the the topics that are, you know, the hottest. And out of that, you understand what content you need to create and how to name it. It's not necessarily
0: just go for the hottest, but it's it's the the, the idea is you lay out the entire universe of everything your avatar would be Googling. Mm-hmm. And then you can pick and choose based on your business. Right. So. So the the way you go about setting up that workflow will depend on you. Yeah. There's gonna be there's gonna be also, and this is why I like KW Finder, they show you the competitive methods as well. Hmm. So they create a keyword difficulty score, it's a third party score, it's their proprietary proprietary score, it's not it's not from Google, but it's just their best guess at how competitive the keyword is. Got it. And so okay. yeah, the way you can prioritize on that as well, right? So you can say, okay this is maybe this is all the content I'll make over the next two years, but I'm brand new. My domain is pretty low authority. I'm going to start with these very simple ones that have smaller search volume, but it'll be pretty, pretty quick to, to move up in, in rankings. Right. Like the key, when you have that whole keyword research document sitting in front of you, you start to put yourself, start to humanize the data a little bit more and you start yeah. to put yourself in the shoes of your customer yeah. and you start to think like, Okay, what are their problems? How can I solve their problems? What are they worried about? What are their hopes? What are their dreams? And you, you just you, you get a better idea of of who you're serving.
1: You know what I mean? Right. right. And um, I guess it's another tip. You know, like thinking about like uh, doing the keyword research, but looking at your who, like looking at it from a perspective of who you're here to serve, and not who you're here to get as clients. You know, people exactly. like numbers, right? Um, and uh, that's by the way, I'm actually reading a book on it right now called the outward mindset and it's all about like you know how you uh because some people are more inward and most of us are more inward kind of seeing um how we can get our way in this world by using other people around us and um and then like the the thing that we have to do is like see how we shift our ways from inward to outward and seeing how we can help others and by that we grow so
0: interesting
1: yeah what's that book called i want to read that um i'll tell you a second, okay, it's called the outward mindset by Arbigen Institute. Yeah, and it is, it also came from a recommendation from uh, someone I interviewed for the podcast this past week. Uh, episode's coming out soon as well, and it's pretty pretty awesome. So.
0: Yeah. I have to check that out.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. And a lot of people do this, especially new entrepreneurs. They the way they go about it is they think it's all about them. And it's always like, how can I grow my business to X revenue so I can do right. Y things? Right. And it, and that's the biggest mistake is you are when you're starting, you are in the business of serving other people and getting your ass kicked. That is what your primary yeah. job is for a long <laughs> time. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then what, once you serve people and you're creating value and you're, you're delivering a lot of value, eventually you can take a little off the table, but yeah. it just doesn't work when it's just me, 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 me. You have to figure <laughs> out what your user's problems are. You know what I yeah. mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's so true. And, and that's how you build foundations and that's how you build yourself. And, um, so does this, do you know Tim story,
0: by the way, Tim,
1: Tim, Tim story. story, he's like, um, Oprah Winfrey's coach so he's like oh, wow yeah he's called like the ghetto preacher he's like he comes from compton like you know where tupac came from it is like he's like talking like a preacher he's a very very cool person and he says the way to make your uh dreams come true is to make others people's dreams come true first so completely believe that 100
0: right. yeah. 100 believe that
1: so yeah anyways um, i think we'll close on that note and um and you're taking my offer we're doing a webinar <laughs> deal I'm in okay that's cool awesome so I'll notify the community and everybody uh, when this webinar is going down and if you haven't yet please join the creativepreneur group on Facebook and um, follow us on um, on socials uh, Tommy where can people find you Be- besides obviously clickminded.com which I'll yeah. connect to
0: yeah uh, clickminded.com um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tommy Griffith And, uh, we just launched these free, um, like I mentioned, I played video games a lot as a kid. We made these, uh, retro eight bit, um, digital marketing and, and SEO strategy guides. So if you ever played Nintendo back in the nineties, uh, and you love those eight bit sort of things, we have these free digital marketing SEO strategy guides. I could, if if I could, I can send those over to you if you want to link them up in the show notes, that'd be great. (laughs) That's pretty cool.
1: Awesome. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'll link to, I'm writing a note here to link to that strategy guide. Okay, cool. So, um, by the way, do you have an Instagram account? Are you active on Instagram?
0: Not on Instagram, no. I, I, I am on Instagram, but it's like, like 10 of my friends. That's about well, it. Well,
1: we haven't One. even talked about like, We haven't even talked about your traveling. Like you're traveling around the world now. You're in Hawaii right now. And like you're, um, we haven't talked about that. But like as a traveler, dude, like Instagram is the, like the the
0: bomb. No, like you should be there. Like I actually wrote about this in the post. Um, I have tried to swear off as much social media as I can because I'm 100% convinced that the more social media you use, the more depressed you get. (laughs) which is, which is probably a different topic for a different day. But, um, there's a lot of really interesting studies out now around the combination of everyone lying on social media combined with the fact that everyone's expectations are going up so much, right. It's just recipe for sadness. And, uh, I I, I notice I physically notice my happiness going up when I uninstalled Instagram and Facebook from my phone, which is kind of mm-hmm. nuts. So Got it. I check in on it. I probably post once every six months to a year, but uh, <laughs> okay. but uh, I try I try and stay off of it because it makes me be grumpy. <laughs> okay, no, it's, it's it's.
1: Um, I know a couple of people that have done that, and um, yeah, it totally makes sense. I guess everybody knows what we're talking about here. So, um, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so Twitter. So Tommy Griffith at Twitter and clickminded.com. Be sure to visit those. Uh, Tommy, thanks so much, man. And we will connect again on the webinar.
0: For sure. Thanks a lot for having me. Really appreciate it. It was a blast, bro. Thanks. Hey,
1: everybody, what's up? So hope you enjoyed this episode with Tommy Griffith and just want to drop and let you know that doing a podcast is not easy. So as you know, there are two ways of showing your love. If you liked this podcast and this episode, is One, you can go online and, on iTunes and rate this show. It means a lot. It goes a long way, so I really appreciate it. second thing is, you can do both, by the way, is just go on Instagram and kind of like in the stories, kind of like take a snapshot of your device right now and tag Tommy Griffith and Sagi Schreiber and just say you enjoyed the show or maybe even share one thing you, that you learned from the show. Again, all the show notes from this specific episode will be shared on creativepreneurmagazine.com slash podcast, and you will find everything there. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great day, night, wherever you are enrolled, and thank you for being a listener. See you on the next episode.
0: You start to humanize the data a little more. You start to yeah. put yourself in the shoes of your customer, yeah. and you start to think like... Okay, what are their problems? How can I solve their problems? What are they worried about? What are their hopes? What are their dreams? And you you just, you you get a better idea of, of who you're serving.